Welcome to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're coming to you today from Studio A. Thank you to everyone that's been listening. We're up to 235 downloads and growing. Thank you to Jake Dexter for providing our theme song. It's called In The Mix. You can learn more about him at jakedexter.com, also on Facebook, Twitter, and on the YouTube channel of the same name. This episode is part one of two, where we'll be taking on the monster known as college football. Corey and Trey are joining us again. You might remember them from our NBA Finals wrap-up show. We'll begin by establishing the primary issues facing college football and then discuss the traditional solutions. In part two, we'll suspend reality as I present a very out-of-the-box idea to blow up the entire thing and start over. You can find the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. Do us a favor and go to iTunes, subscribe, write a review, and give us a good rating. It'll help us grow audience. You can also check us out on our companion blog page at gravitybeard.com. We'd appreciate it if you would take a minute to stop by our Facebook page and give us a like there also. With that, I think we're ready to get started. Let's welcome Corey and Trey back to the show. Gentlemen, welcome back to the studio. Good to be back. Are Thank you, you for uh, having us. Are you ready to solve all the problems with college football? Not before uh, we... Uh, we got to discuss the uh, cowardly absence of our dissenting opinion. Yeah, I thought we were going to discuss podcast. Scott's dissenting opinion on our last podcast. It seems as though he is uh, has too strong a work ethic to come and do podcasting during the day. Okay, so so for the listener, set that up. What are you talking about? Well, so we were told that the premise of coming back was to argue our points uh, against LeBron James last time. And his which, legacy. And his <laughs> Comparing legacy, him to... Comparing him to Michael Jordan and, and maybe and, even and, others. I don't and, know what's going And legends, all that kind of stuff. Right. The greatest. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we were we came under that, under that premise, and it turns out that Scott is not going to join us, I understand, today. He's in the house, but he's, he's declining to, to participate in the podcast. That's weak. So, <clears throat> so, so yeah, we were, we were going to stage a, an episode called called the response, and it was going to be it was going to be I set the stage for Scott to respond to mostly tr- mostly Trey's comments and criticism, but yours to some degree. And uh, that's probably because mine weren't as strong as Trey's. Is that that the reason? I don't I don't, I don't know the reason. I, <laughs> the point is is that I that he he said I just got done listening to yesterday's <clears throat> episode, which first of all I'm glad that he, it's great that he listened. That was fun. <clears throat> and it was really frustrating to listen to, and I said, "Oh, okay." So I, I bit, I bit that apple, and I said, "Man, t- what are you, what are you talking about? Tell me." And and he expressed his frustration. I said, "Well, you know, they're coming back. They're already scheduled to come back next week. I'll, I'll give you the floor. You, you can you can address them directly if you like." Well, we're ready when he decides to show up. But he didn't take the floor. He took the back door. He did. He did. He he went out the exit. Um, so that's not going to happen, which is okay because, in my opinion, we've got another really good topic to discuss today because before we leave here today, gentlemen, we're going to fix college football. Are you ready? Indeed. Before I even get to that, though, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I think we touched on it in our last episode. Surely you guys remember Jordan's famous flu game. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I am also sick today. So. And you still made it to the podcast. <clears throat> I still made it to the podcast. So. Yeah, this this is actually the first time that I've that I've attempted to broadcast without being in a hundred percent perfect health. So I think you know what to expect from me. 
Consistency. Consistency. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to I'm going to bring the whole thing. Dedication. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> so I, I me personally, my personal expectations, this is going to be my best podcast yet. You know, head cold or not. Flu game. It's going to it's it's my flu game. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, I have to tell you <clears throat> I have to tell you I have to, I have to tell you about a dream that I had last night. Do you guys put much stock in dreams or what they mean or any of that kind of stuff, either one of you? I make all my decisions by dreams. All the, all, 100%. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Corey, do you uh, you put any stock in dreams or any dreams you've had or what they what they might mean or not mean? Um, only in relates to sexual prowess. Aside from that, not really. I think that makes perfect sense to me. So, so I had this dream last night. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with that. And it was a really short and all I remember is, is I was up on stage, up on a stage, and we were sitting at a table, the three of us, and we had the, the podcast mic in front of us, and there was a big crowd there, like two, three hundred people, <laughs> and they were there to see us record a live episode of the Gravity Beer podcast. Right nice. On. Like I remember it vividly, <clears throat> and it was the three of us. And then, like, I, for, I tried to, I tried to push the dream kind of mentally forward to see what was going to happen next, and it, just, it wouldn't go anywhere. Like, it just kept stopping there. Like, we never actually started the show, we never started broadcasting. But everyone was there. It was packed crowd. Everyone were was we like, in our underwear? I don't believe so. Okay. I, di- I didn't take note of how what we were wearing. But this but, is a big deal. It was like Mike and Mike. It was like people showing up. Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a large podcast. theater. It wasn't a huge theater. It was right. like it was more like a place where you might go see a band play in college, sure. with, with all standing room. But it, but it held a couple hundred people. Everyone was there. Everyone was you know we were up on stage. They were excited for us to get started, and then the dream ended. If someone not related to us, one person wanted to show up and watch the podcast, I'd be so honored. I'd probably have to podcast every day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> one other person, right? Just one person. <laughs> like, like if for some reason standing outside this glass where we're currently broadcasting, if there's like one person like standing there, if one of your executive assistants turned around and just kind of looked towards the glass, I would feel you'd feel. You'd I feel, would feel respect. You'd feel quite honored. I would quite honored. Uh, I concur. I concur. Uh, okay. <clears throat> well, um, I don't know how you guys want to get started. You know, I, th- I think what we want to do is what I said in the intro. Which is, I'm going to let you kind of lead off, Trey, uh, kind of share what would probably be considered a more traditional way of addressing the issues of college football. And then when we've kind of played that out, I'm going to share with you what I will, I will already say is a completely out-of-the-box, totally unrealistic, totally radical idea, basically operating in a vacuum, not realistic, it's not going to happen. But i just like to throw it out because I think it's good conversation. It's an interesting thing to consider if it was possible. Okay. So we'll go there last. So can I ask a question first? Yes, yes please. <clears throat> so we talk about fixing something. That implies that it is broken. And I think that most of us and the people that are listening would agree that to a certain extent it is broken. But we've moved away from the ball, the, the BCS, right, it's into a playoff system, but it's, a, it's only a four-team playoff. Correct. So what – I think it was – I felt like that was a move in the right direction, but maybe wasn't – was it where we needed to end up? Um, and I know there's a lot of arguments about, you know, the number of games if you go into some sort of a bracket system. I mean, I've heard some of those arguments. But so I guess I would like to address real quickly, either for the listener and also for my own edification, what what do you see as the current failing of the system? Is that a fair question? Yeah, what you're saying is, yeah. is let's establish what the problem yeah, is or exactly. what needs to be fixed before we talk about the Precisely. solution. Yeah, great idea. So. But we're talking about all problems with college football. We're talking about 
athletes struggling to stay in school and play sports when they're penniless. And we're also talking about the current playoff system. We're talking about all that or just the playoff system? I I think that the the athlete issue is something that is relevant. I don't, but I don't I think, think you, the playoff system is more what you were talking about. I don't think you could talk about one without the other. Okay. So, so we're talking about you know, do, do players need to be compensated with money or some other way? Just the whole thing. Yeah. Like every, we, can, we can touch any, any aspect of that that you want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Where do we lead off, gentlemen? You know, What's I'll, the problem? Yeah, let's let Trey feel lean in a little bit. Identifying the problem. Yeah, we need to identify the problems. Yeah, so so Trey, in, in your in your own mind, what's what are the problems? And I'll jump in where I think it's necessary. But what's your what is your what do you think the problem is with college football today? I think they I think there are three major problems in college football. Uh, problem number one is the current playoff system, although better than the BCS, is a half measure. Uh, number two, uh, I think the. The way that the NCAA deals with rule violations and everything about how they conduct their business with the schools is is absurd and ridiculous, and they miss the point and they punish the wrong people most of the time. Um, and thirdly, I think uh, I think that the athletes uh, should get paid a stipend for playing college sports because a lot of them cannot. The only the only way that they can make it financially is to take money under the table and they're breaking the rules to do so, but they really don't have a choice. Okay, so so we won't we won't chase this tangent really at all. I just want to bring it up as a counterpoint early. Are you talking about all college sports or just college football? Uh, all of college sports, which football is a part. Okay. What about, would that apply to all college athletes or only scholarship athletes or only non-scholarship athletes? Because I think that... There's a conversation. It's a. It's an in depth. We may not even give you able to do this today. Yeah, but there's not. an in depth conversation there, right? With, you know, how that should work, how that could work, and you're going to have to bring up at some point the the fact that, you know, the University of Texas is the wealthiest uh, college in the nation, from what I understand, and meaning from their sports endowment and everything else, uh, and. You've got smaller schools that are, you know, that, have, that that are good schools. I mean, especially you know, some basketball schools are very small. Um, you know, you have some football schools that are smaller, but you know, they they couldn't compete with 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 UT on that level. Well, this is, you know, this topic is is a huge topic. If so, we've got to do it in part one and part two, we'll just do maybe that. we do that. Perhaps we do that. Uh, you know, for today's conversation, let's keep it to football. Okay. Uh, and let's let's hit let's hit the high points that we really feel like are the issues. Okay. So yeah, all right. Do you feel like we've sufficiently established what the problem is? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you yeah. I think you explained it pretty well. I agree. So start with start with item number one then. Item number one is the is the current playoff. Item number one is the current playoff system. Um, this is it. Uh, the, the problem is is the the structure that's set up and the and the, with the conferences and the conference heads and the bowls that are in place. And their desire not to change the system and, and lose money in the process, which penalizes the purity of the game. Uh, all other all other college sports play down to a single champion. Football should as well, and the old bowl system is absurd. So, so the ultimate problem in that regard is that we don't have a system currently set up that determines objectively what the real champ who the real champion is. 
That's correct because if you if you look back the first year they had the playoff system, uh, TCU and Baylor were left out of it. Alabama was crowned champion, which was 2014. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that I think there we'd have some pretty healthy debate from TCU fans that. TCU could have challenged Alabama for the for the championship, and they were left out of the playoff picture. They ended up they ended up being set, ranked second in the in the in the country after it was all said and done. But that wasn't determined on the field. It was determined it was determined by the, the result of the fourteen playoff that they were left out of. As long as you have a not a true playoff system, it's based on rankings. It's a it's an opinion. It's not a fact, and and uh, I think everybody, the athletes, uh, the students, the general public, would like to see a champion crowned in that, just like just like it is in basketball, just like it is in in baseball, every other sport. I mean, the College World Series is going on right now. We're going to get a single champion out of that. So, what what do you think it is that prevents college football from doing it? Bureaucracy. What else? Anything else? I mean, I think, you know, what it boils down to is, and this is true probably for, for most things, is, is money. Who's going to lose money in this? That's what I was going to say. I was, <clears throat> was going to say follow the money. Right? So, absolutely. So, so one thing that seems to be more and more absurd as the seasons pass is that they're very slow in implementing a playoff or any other system that's going to cause there to be an ultimate definitive champion, <laughs> you know, objectively. And at the same time, they keep adding bowl games. They're adding them. Mm-hmm. Tour now, <clears throat> I believe even this last season, you had teams that had below 500 records that got bowl invitations. I think that happened this last season. Okay, they're um, selling. I mean, that's selling advertising. I mean, those bowls all have names, and then they all have sponsors. And then the and then the the attendance at some of these lower bowls or lesser known bowls were miserable. Mm-hmm. They got bad TV ratings. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if all of them. They had to have made it on TV, right? Was every bowl on TV? Probably. 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 <clears throat> There's one, how many how many ESPN channels are there now? Like eleven D. Yeah. There's eleven D. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Ocho. My my favorite is the Ocho. The Ocho. Oh, the Ocho. So. Uh, so 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 the attendance is poor. People don't know these bowls. They have no tradition. They're they involve two teams that have below five hundred records or right at five hundred records. Arguably, they shouldn't even be involved in postseason play. So who cares? Right. And what are they playing for? Right. Right. They're they're, they're playing for. Uh, well, they're, they're hypothetical a, a, ranking at the end of the a season. Check, a check from a sponsor. Really. Yeah, that's what it will do. That's what they're playing for. They're yeah. playing for the dollars, right? And right. The, the, the sponsor same, gets TV time. The same thing that, that causes Texas State to to agree to schedule whatever, A&M or Auburn or something in the regular season, that even though they know they're going to get killed, mm-hmm. it's, it's a game check, right? Right. So the, those decisions are made the same way as a bowl is. So what's the solution? But the impact for the kids, I mean, the, the – um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have his name in front of me. Um, I have to remember it from the draft. But the but the Cowboys' second round pick uh, was Jalen Smith. Okay. Yes. Jalen mm-hmm. Smith was was uh, I believe played for Notre Dame, and he was injured in his bowl game. So for the kids, it matters. Right. Right. So so that's the problem. What's the solution? <laughs> the solution is is that the conference champions enter a playoff system and they play to one. What does that What does that look the, like specifically? The Big Five. I mean, you got you got more than just the Big Five conferences. So, and they're the ones who are driving a lot of this. So, how many how many teams are ranked? Or how many how many Division One football programs are there? Is there 128? 
That's a good question. Is that the number 116? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. <clears throat> I think there's like 116 or 120 or something. So, so what does the system look like in your mind that, that works and, and determines the definitive championship? The conferences can determine their own rules about who is the conference champion at the end of the season. But uh, if they have to shorten the regular season to achieve the playoff system, I think it makes sense to do so. But then do you have a, do you have a, a meaningless regular season in favor of them? Because you would argue in other, other sports. You, you might argue in college basketball where no one really cares about college basketball except for the players and their parents until mid-March. But then they have to then they have to be conference champion or 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 the second place team in the conference get an invitation to the NCAA tournament. I guess the difference is is that you know in college football they're they're only playing twelve regular season games, so every game really does count. Correct. Right. Okay. So so what is what does it look like? Do you have give me give me a structure behind it that would make it work? Uh, the regular season's eight or nine games, and then there's a uh, and then there's a conference championship game. And then the winner of each conference enters a playoff, and they play uh, and they play uh, for three weeks down to a champion. So, so how many how many conferences get to participate? Uh, all D one conferences get to participate. Conference champion comes out of comes out of the conference and enters the playoff system. So every every D one conference gets to send. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have any idea how many conferences there are? Uh, D one. I don't know. We could look it up. That's what we need to research. Do we do we have access to a research guy who can just you know what if throw if, the stuff on tablets for if, us? If if Gravity Beard makes even dollar one, I think our first hire will be a research guy, an analyst. <laughs> yeah, we'll we get need an, an analyst. We'll get an analyst, and we'll give him a nickname that sounds a little bit condescending. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so while we're doing that, like radar would be a great <coughs> analyst. Excuse me, flu game. What's going on? I guess you I, have it. I guess the question no. is. Let's just use a hypothetical number. What do, what do we think? The, what do we think the number is? Because because you made a comment about about the big the big. Well, five. there's the big five, right? And so then you got. I mean, you know, again, I, I I honestly don't know. Someone could probably rattle this off in an instant. I don't know the answer to how many D one uh, conferences conferences there are, uh, but you know, but, but you know, it, it almost it almost doesn't matter how many conferences there are. It really has to do more with what. How many teams? Because mm-hmm. if you have to realign the conferences, then you just do right. If, if we're going to fix this thing, then you, yeah, then you realign you the conferences. It. So the so the question becomes: I mean, I think you have to go back to okay. So if you have you know eight or nine games, they have to be conference games, obviously, in order to. I mean, you're not going to do uh, games with you know people anybody outside of your conference if you're trying to determine the conference championship, right? Right. So. Uh, you know, schools like you know Texas State is not—they're not, not going to play Baylor anymore, even if they want to get the the the, the airtime. You know, right, right. So, you know, I think one of the biggest arguments has always been is that you can't play as many football games as you can play basketball games. Right. You know, and so you know the the basketball tournament is a little bit easier because you know they, those guys can play every day or darn near every day. Right. You know, uh, same thing with baseball. Um, but football is different. It's you know, there's you can't do that with football. Um, yeah, you ha- you have to you can't play more than once a week. Obviously, no, that's not going to change about football. No, it's not. So right, you, right right now, I think there's two bye weeks. Some schools have two bye weeks. Wow. So if you do that, you have let's say you have you know you've had eight eight uh, you know eight or nine games. Then all the conferences, you know, 
the question is, is can you get through you know some of those conferences have you know differing number of of you know member schools so you may have to realign some of the conferences to to have everyone playing the same number of teams you know right. throughout the season right um Unless you get into, oh God, I mean, you could. This could get insane with rankings and in, in, you know, in conference rankings and those types of things. Which then you get back to subjectiveness and whatnot. So, 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 but just Trey, in general, your idea is to realign the conferences so that there's basically the same number. There's some sort of definitive conference champion within the within the within each conference. Correct. Yeah. Every every every, and then that determines how many. How many people enter the tournament, and then you just play out a tournament? You got it. Yeah. And then maybe you know, maybe the conferences are bigger or smaller depending on how many conferences there are, so that you're getting down to, you know, they're only you know they're playing, you know, as opposed to, you know, you know, uh, what would it be two? Was it five games to get to the championship? Now, is that right? Or, or is it in pros? No, in. Or is it three games? It'd be three games to get to the championship right now. To get to the championship, yeah. Or to win, you have to win three, games. Win, win three games. So you know, it goes to you know, it's probably going to have to go to five or six, maybe. So, I mean, we, we have a four we have a four team playoff, and everybody speculates that over time it's going to grow. Why not just rip the bandit off and go all fix the way? it? Right. Yeah. Why, why don't they just do it? I think they should. Yeah. Let's let's move on to our next issue. Is it because they're so tied to the current bowl system and the money that's created by the bowls? But the bowls could the bowls could stay in place. Like the here are the divisional bowls, here are the conference bowls, See, here the, are the championship bowls. That's what the, yeah, that's what I've always said is that mm-hmm. the bowls are just a sponsorship where you attach a name and then with the right. name comes the money that the mm-hmm. sponsor pays. It doesn't matter. you know, I don't see how it's it's not a, it's not about I mean, I guess you have some historical prestigious bowls. You got the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl and you know Sugar Bowl and <clears throat> these other ones that have been around since the beginning of time. But that doesn't mean you can't still call those. No, you could. You could give them the, you give them the same name and the same venue, and you know, and the sponsors still get to be attached. And, and you can still, still rotate the championship between the major bowl right, locations right. and whatnot. So okay. okay, so so that that addresses the league or the structure. Um, Trey, what do we what do we do about what do we do about compensating players? A lot of people that object to that point to a slippery slope situation where once the horse is out of the barn, you just create a bigger problem. It's kind of a Pandora's box. I mean, they don't they don't profit from it. They get enough money to live. I mean, we're feeding them already. We're housing them already. But the but the but the because of the ability to cheat and the NCAA rules, those guys can't work. They can't have a job and work to make up the difference. That's not allowed. So we neither either need to allow them to work, or give them the money that the foot, that the that the university can surely afford to give them. I'm not I'm talking a couple of thousand dollars a month. But but it, okay. So let's just say they give them a thousand or two thousand dollars a month. What is the guy that's not on scholarship? That's not that big of a player. That's not getting attention from boosters. He's not getting that. Or do you do a graduated system? Or I think you do a graduated system. And and then is and then isn't. Aren't boosters and other supporters still going to give them money under the table on top of that? I think the I think the problem with it is, and, I, and you, we're not the only ones that have wrestled with this. I'm sure the NCAA 
has wrestled with this this plenty. You know, I mean, I, I doubt they're just sitting there going, no. You know, they've they've come up with okay, well, if we do this, how does this affect us? What are the ramifications right. of this action? So, you know, if we if we if we make this decision, we understand why this decision may need to be made. But what happens? It's not unlike the Brexit vote in Britain. Okay, I mean, you know, you make a decision. There's far-reaching consequences and ramifications for for that decision. So I think the biggest issue is is that you do open a bit of a Pandora's box. It makes sense that, listen, you know, these guys are the reason that some of these schools have so much money, you know, because of what they do, their play. But but how do you Um, how do you address because football squads are huge. They've got 80, 90, 100 guys on them. Does, I th- it, does I think everybody it, get paid? I think it goes. I think that's the problem. It goes. You, you have questions that arise, such as one, who do you play? So if you got a, you got a, you got one kid that's a full scholarship athlete. Okay, he's paying for nothing up there. Room and board and school is all taken care of. Right. All right. But there's a reason for that. It's because he's one of the best players on the team. Absolutely. Don't have a problem with that. I'm not. I'm not arguing that he shouldn't. But do you pay that guy on top of taking care of his every need at that point? In essence. I mean, um, or do you pay the guys that are maybe, you know, they're players, but they're not necessarily full scholarship athletes. Some of those guys may not be full scholarship athletes. You know, so they probably need the money more. conferences. Hmm? Huh? There's 10 conferences. 10 conferences. So, so they, they, you know, the guys that are not on full scholarship need the money more than the guy that's on, that is on full scholarship. Then you have a, an issue with the schools themselves. Like I said, UT... They can afford to pay these kids anything they wanted to pay. You know, that becomes a recruiting tool now. Okay, so there's an issue there. So you're taking a bit of a socialist approach to fixing college football. No, I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm trying to bring up the the hazards of or what, it, what are the pitfalls? But it sounds like what you're saying is that if a guy's already getting scholarships and all kind of like a full ride, he doesn't have to get paid as much as the guy that's not getting a full ride because he's not you know, the guy that's not getting the full ride gets paid more money. Well, are these guys professional athletes, or are they still student athletes? Because we're not talking about a capitalist system. I'm, I'm, I'm clarifying your point. Yeah, you're saying if a guy's on a full ride, he doesn't need the cash as much. If a guy's not on a full ride, then he needs more cash. Possibly, but even if a guy's on a full ride, need the cash. But what I'm saying is essentially what you're saying is is that so pay the guy that doesn't have a full ride more cash, so that he's compensated more closely to the guy with the full ride. But now, so effectively, you're saying pay him about the same. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm saying that I think it needs to be how do we how do we evaluate this? How do we determine what is right? Who should get paid what? How should they get paid? Those are all these are all questions that will have to be answered and so, things are have to be thought of. So it's not a question of should they get paid. You're saying they should be paid. I agree. Everybody's saying they should be paid. I agree. Right. So so how how do you how do you pay them? How do you work out all these wrinkles? I don't know. I mean I think <laughs> Like anything, there's this is a complicated. And then, and then, how do you work out something else that you just pointed to, which is rich schools versus poor schools? Yes, I think that's a bigger issue with regard to how this gets worked out. When you get down to the individual, I think we could come up with a very fair system of how to pay the individual. So it's okay. So it's good. It's it's big market versus small market teams, just like in the pros, right? Right. So I mean, it you know, it's it's the Yankees versus Oakland. You know, that's correct. I mean, except that these kids are. You know, you're not. They're not going out. They're not Billy Beans going out there identifying cheap high school talent. They're all going to go for the money. You know what I mean? I think the NCAA's got a cap what the kids get paid. 
I think they have to set up a, they have to set up a system and pass it down. Well, say that again. To keep it fair, yeah, they have to. The NCAA has to cap the system. I mean, it can't. In my mind, this isn't three to four thousand, five thousand dollars a month. This so you're is a cap. Yeah. Which which so, so a salary so, cap. Okay, so like you so you're, so you're putting sports. you're putting a rule in place, in addition to other rules that already exist. And what we've seen historically in college sports is that the rules are going to get broken. They get cheat. You know, someone's going to cheat. An, another opportunity to cheat. Yeah. Right. Hey, we live in a fallen world. This is we're going to have a broken <laughs> we're going to have a broken system no matter what. You know. All right. So, so the the third the third th- is there anything else you want to say on that? No, I just I just feel bad for the guys that that are not allowed to work. And then, you know, Christmas break comes around. Well, they don't have a home to go back to over Christmas break. They have no money to spend to eat during Christmas break because the athletic dorm's closed. I mean, it's a it's a terrible situation. So some booster gives them money under the table so they have so they have something to eat and a place to stay over Christmas time. It's terrible it's a terrible system. So so it's not always it's not always about just paying the athlete because the boosters or supporters like them, and they just want to give money under the table. It, this is money they need, absolutely right. And and what you're saying is that they're paying an opportunity cost because they're spending time either on school or you know working out or you know participating in football. Therefore, even if they wanted a job, they don't necessarily have time because they basically have two full time jobs. They, they're a full time student, hypothetically, and they're a full time athlete. Correct. Mm-hmm. It'd be difficult. And, and you know, if you add those up. It's much more than the average guy's forty-hour work week. They're probably spending eighty hours doing those two things, maybe more. But a student athlete like Johnny Manziel, his parents have means. He didn't. He didn't miss any meals. But, but what, I, what I'm saying is, is either, either the, like they're they're not allowed. They're, they're not allowed. They're, you're really taking their ability from a practical standpoint of going out and making any money, even even any spending cash, right? So so there's you're, the, the the place that you're coming from in this suggestion is that there's a genuine need. The, the, the average college athlete doesn't come from an affluent background. Correct. You know, and, and it's probably the average student athlete probably comes from a family who's that where that family is below you know, the average household income in the United States, which I think is around fifty-two thousand. You know, just the way things are right now, yeah, you know, it'd be a great statistic to know, right? To know right. What, the, what the household income of the average college student athlete is. I'm sure it's below. The, the, I'm not going to say sure. My speculation. Is that it's below that? It might be thirty, might be forty, it might mm-hmm. be at the poverty level. I don't know what the average is. Right. So there's a genuine need for the money, right? Yeah. So so in the meantime, the boosters and the school and everybody around the program is making a lot of money. They're not allowed to sell their likeness. They're not allowed to sign autographs. They're not allowed to profit off of their college football career in any way whatsoever. If they do, if if they do, it's over. It's over. Right. Right. They can't explore their next step with an agent. They can't yep. do it. You know, so they can make an educated. I mean. It, it really, I don't want to use too strong a term, so I'm not going to say this term, but I'm saying there's a little bit of indentured servitude. Yes. Yeah. Kind of hanging over this mm-hmm. whole program, right? Yeah. And, and everybody that's involved in it is pretty unapologetic about it. Like, there's there's not a, there's a few voices out there that are saying this thing needs to be fixed, but in general, I get the impression that everybody's kind of like, eh, don't. Like, they're responding as much as, the reason why we only have a four-team playoff right now instead of a 16 or a whatever, a 32-team, a full-scale is because they're they're just you know just giving us just enough to keep us quiet or push us off a little bit longer, right? The people that because they really want it to be stay exactly the way it is. Isn't that the impression you get? Because it, because if there was mass outrage that everybody involved in college sports had the same level of outrage, 
they would shut it down, retool it, and, and it'd be it'd be fixed overnight. Right? So there's an under the table payment system in place that everybody turns a blind eye to. That's done by the boosters. That's correct. That, that keeps this that keeps this system afloat, and it's a flawed system. It needs to come out of the shadows, and and they need to pay these kids straight up so they can survive while they're being student athletes. Fair enough. Okay. The uh, <clears throat> the last topic, which I think will be a shorter topic before we get into my radical idea, was you wanted to touch on rule violations. You felt like that was something that was broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a violation. NCAA comes in. They punish all the future athletes, okay, for the next year, and they, you know, an extreme, you know, death penalty to the school, okay? And then all the guys that perpetrated the perpetrated the uh, 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 rule violation to the NCAA, everything's lovely. They, they're, they're, they're headed off to the pros or doing what they're doing. Well, as a matter of fact, what generally happens is, <clears throat> it usually happens in the middle of whatever current contract they're on, right? So it might be four years at $5 million a year, so they've got a $20 million contract. If they fire them, they're going to pay out that contract because it's guaranteed. So the guy that violated the rules, the coach, gets a $10 million check and gets to start over with a brand-new, fresh contract at the next school. And if he's a good enough coach, he just moves from one competitive D1 school to another one. Correct. Like, he'll move from Florida to Ohio State or Ohio State to Auburn or Auburn to Texas A&M, right? Right. No no layoff, no delayed – you know, there's no delayed eligibility like if a player moves from school to school. That's what you're pointing to. It, it, it's, a, it's a flawed system. I don't know how to fix that one. There's nothing logical that makes sense on how to fix it. Well, I mean, I think that one thing, if you're, you know, I mean, ideally, you know, and this is not the way this always works because the market is going to determine what happens, but uh, ideally, you know, there's there's a, a clause in those contracts where, you know, that school doesn't have to, you know, if the, if the, if the coach is found guilty of violate a rules violation, you know, of that level, you know, that... It's a it, it, it nullifies uh, the remainder of the contract. You know, I mean, so that they're not getting this ten million dollar check or whatever to go off and do this all over again somewhere right. else. Right. Um, maybe maybe in that instance, yeah. Then the NCAA, NCAA could step in and say, you know, you're not eligible to coach this year. You know, you're, you know, whatever else. That would be a lot more fair than 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 the than the future students who had nothing to do with the violation. Yeah. I'm suffering. sure. I'm sure there's some. Workplace attorneys that would that would disagree with that. They would say that that's non constant or unconstitutional or something else. But I mean, I'm not one of those. So I don't know. You're, you're not a constitutional. I'm not attorney. a constitutional lawyer, nor am I a workplace uh, lawyer. So. Okay, you feel like we covered the basis? I think so. Let's let's hear. Uh, Are you ready for a completely radical idea? Lay it on me. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. You can find us at gravitybeard.com or on iTunes or Google Play or any place else you find uh, podcasts. Uh, go out to iTunes and write a review for us. Uh, rate us, uh, comment. Any kind of activity we can get on there is helpful for the podcast that grows the show. Uh, head out to our Facebook page and give us a like there as well. If you've been a listener to the podcast up to this point, thank you so much for doing so and I uh, hope that you continue to do that. Uh, we'll see you on the next show. Thanks a lot. Bye.